Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Ben and Eric's podcast. On today's episode, we will be discussing the movie Midsummer, directed by Ari Aster and the TV show Jury Duty. So, Eric, how are you doing? I am doing well. How are you, Benjamin? Good. Very good. Um, just finished up Midsummer right now. How are you feeling? Um, well, let's see. It took a little bit to get through, not because it was a bad movie, quite the opposite, but it was so, my my last note that I had on it was an overstimulating, overwhelming, packed with nuance, packed with foreshadowing, symbolism, religion, and grief. It It, it is, I think overstimulating is the best, overwhelming and overstimulating are the best two adjectives I could come up with to describe this. There's really no other words for. There's really no other words for midsummer. Mm. So, I just saw it like today. When did you see midsummer? It uh, it was a it was a couple years ago, but it mm. it feels like it feels like yesterday. I mean, it's it's one of those movies that stays with you. Um, I I was pretty fucked up about it right after I watched it. So that's why I'm mostly interested in your reaction to it. Yeah. Cause it was disturbing as hell. Um, so, I mean, how are you, were you disturbed by it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. just, uh, let's just read uh, what it's about for anyone who might not have heard about this movie, because I think yeah. anyone listening to a movie podcast has at least heard the name midsummer. Mm-hmm. So a couple travels to Northern Europe to visit a rural hometown fable, hometown's fabled Swedish Midsummer Festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Yeah. So that is pretty accurate. This movie made me feel ill at mm-hmm. certain points. Uh, I, don't do a, I don't do great with motion sickness, with any of that kind of stuff, with spinning and... Uh, Roller coaster rides and like point of views of roller coaster rides is really make my stomach turn and my making me nauseous. So there were points in this movie where it it, um, it elicited a physical reaction in me that made me feel sick. Mm-hmm. This is not a surprise. I knew this going into this movie that it would it would definitely be an overwhelming and overstimulating event. Um, I wrote within the first 10 minutes, Florence Pugh deserved the Oscar. Mm. She was an, inc- she was incredible in this movie. She makes this movie. She is this movie. She's on the cover. She's on the poster. She's the lead. She's in almost every scene. It's almost three hours and she has, and she is an active role in almost every scene. So what, what did you think of her? Yeah, uh, I'd never really seen her in anything, I don't think, before I saw this. And uh, um, it was, you, you, you lived the experience through her eyes because you're as innocent and kind of um, unknowing as she is as she goes into this adventure. And uh, I, I don't know why I watched it. I mean, this, this, this is not my kind of movie. You <laughs> no, know not I mean? at all. I don't watch horror. I don't watch 
you know, anything that's a thriller that's got some occult stuff in it, I really stay away from. Um, but uh, I don't, I mean, I, I guess I'm a sucker for people that I follow who rate these things kind of high and they rated this one high. Everyone has to see it, right? One of those deals. Um, but it was, it was so rough to get through. It was, I couldn't shake it. I mean, I, I kind of, I went back um, in preparation for this and like, what are the most disturbing movies I've seen? And I got a very short list here of uh, The Shining, um, mm. Ele- Elephant by Steven Soderbergh, the school shooting one, huh. um, Black Swan, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Natural Born Killers is the last one I have. Okay. So right. what, you don't agree with Clockwork Orange? I like Clockwork Orange. I think it's, a, I think it's violent, but um, disturbing. It's, it's kind of like 70s violent. It's like fun. Like when I grew up, you mean? <laughs> no, I mean like seventies movies violence. Like when I grew up, yeah, those kinds of movies. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, hence, hence my disturbed. Did you see that reaction when you grew up? Did you see that I like saw as it a kind kid? Of early? Not as a kid, but I saw it kind of early. I must have been. A, I had to been a teenager, I think, when I saw it. Hmm. So those are those are pretty disturbing to me, and those stick with you. You know, those kinds of movies they really stick with you. You, every, every, whenever I mention those names, right, you probably go right to a scene a bit from one of those movies where you're brought back into that viewing experience. And yeah. this is the same thing. I mean, there's there's a couple scenes in this movie that just like they don't put you right into the world. Right in this movie, they they kind of take you along. This is going to be in a. Uh, a, a retreat, some kind of, you know, adventure with friends. And then it, as the, as the tagline says, it devolves and they just chip away at the, the, um, the positive outlook that, that Florence Danny, her character has with his trip. And then it just, just spirals. My God, it's, mm. I, I will never, ever, ever rewatch this movie. That is for sure. Wow. I would, I think, I think I might rewatch this movie. Why? Um, simply because there is too much to unpack and there's too much packed in it. Too much symbolism, too much religion, too much foreshadowing that I think as an example of filmmaking, it is almost too good to just watch once. So that's why that is, that would be my sole motivation for watching it again well, is to learn something about making movies. That's fair. You're coming at it from a different angle. There's uh, an infinite number of movies that I can see that I haven't seen yet mm. um, yeah, that, are, same with that are not Midsummer. So, um, but I don't want to watch a lot of those scenes again. They, um, you know, they're, they're, I, they're, the one in particular, the old couple and, and the cliff scene ah. is one that just. Oh, man, will, that was so exciting. Will never leave me. Will never leave me. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So, okay. What were you thinking going into seeing this movie for the first time? Cause I really want to get to know that experience because yeah. my experience going into watching this movie is completely different. I'm guessing. Yeah. I always come back and I think I mentioned it on a previous episode, but there's, there's a movie from, um, let's see, 1998 Christian Slater, um, very bad things about like a, you know, a bachelor party that goes bad and it just, it, it's, it's like, a good time that just starts to you start to learn that things are just taking wrong turns and there's there's um, 
disaster and death and cover up and how do we get out of this? John Favreau's in this movie, uh-huh. Daniel Stern, Cameron Diaz. It's it's just sort of the the epitome of like a movie that just starts to spiral. And that's not it's not a great movie, but it was the one that I remember when I was growing up that was like, yeah, this is one that that will um that someone will try to replicate. And this movie is very much like that. It's just like things are gonna take wrong turns and no good is going to come of this movie. You're not going to come out of this feeling like, oh, yeah, that made a lot of sense. And this character learned this. And no, there's just disaster at the end of this thing. There's not there's not a rescue helicopter coming yeah. to, to save them. Yep. So, yeah. And, and that's maybe I'm done with that kind of thing. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I, I, I've got I've got a lot a lot of great movies out there to see that is, that is not going to put me into this kind of, you know, put me into the dumps like this. Okay. So that's your experience coming into this movie. For me, I I knew what it was about. I knew there was a cult. I had seen the crying scene at the end with Florence Pugh, uh, which will, which will actually, I'm going to loop back to that later because there's a little bit of controversy on this set. Uh, about the making of this movie um so my experience coming in is this is a movie that can only end terribly a lot of these characters are either irredeemable or it seems like they're just completely fucked Mm -hmm. and they're just they're gonna like they're just gonna be in this experience uh they're not in particularly healthy and healthy environments or healthy relationships uh, and so a lot of these characters are going to meet their dreadful end, which ends up happening. That's not even a, that's really not a spoiler. I mean, if you, if you go into this movie and like, <laughs> you see all these warning signs and you continue to ignore them, then, uh, you haven't watched a horror film in your life. Anyways, my experience is this can only end badly. And I was definitely willing to go for that. I, I was mm-hmm. excited. This is a movie by... Ari Aster, who is a pretty famous director now and probably was, has been since this movie at the very least, at the very least since Hereditary, I think he exploded on the scene and he makes these kinds of movies, psychedelic, horror, hard to watch, really like just white, like white knuckling it through the whole movie, like trying to hold on and just make it to the end. So that's the kind of movie you're getting into. If you're not interested in that movie, definitely do not watch yeah. this. I don't know why. I don't know why I did, frankly. I really don't. It, it was a little bit surprising to hear that you had watched it and I had not. This was a movie I was putting off. It was, I was, it, this is just, this is straight out like peer pressure, frankly. I mean, all yeah. the, everything I follow and I listen to a lot of podcasts about movies and TV and, and this one was, you know, all the talk at the time. Uh huh. So, this is a movie I was I was actually putting off because I was I was not willing to engage with it. I did not want to see all the shit I knew I would be seeing, or some of the shit I knew I would be seeing other su- more surprising and horrifying things. So if that's not your movie, hey, keep listening to the podcast. Maybe you like Jerry Duty, and I'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. But um, don't watch this movie if if you're not willing to engage in like an almost three hour psychedelic horror movie. That being said, let's get into the performances. I wanted to start off by saying uh, 
the dude from the Grand uh, Gran Turismo trailers is in this. Uh, that's hilarious. I've been I've been at the movies a lot recently. Um, I like that, and I've been seeing the Gran Turismo every single time. Every single time the Gran Turismo trailer comes on before the movie I'm watching, and the main character in that is a he's a character in uh, this movie, so he's in it. He's not really that funny. He's just in it. Will Poulter. Do you remember mm-hmm. Will Poulter's performance? Sure, of course. Yep. He has some really great visual gags with lines that he that, that he uh, says. Um, he, he, there's a there's a scene where you Will Poulter's in the distance and in the foreground are these women picking flowers, but they're walking backwards, and you can see like they use a long lens and they you see Will Poulter's face and you hear him go, "Someone tell those women they're walking stupid." And then you very quickly pan down to these women like walking backwards, like gracefully, uh, just picking flowers. And it was the delivery is hilarious because mm. Will Poulter's character is like, you don't like Will Poulter's character. Okay. You just from the jump, the minute you meet him, you don't like him and you hope he dies in a fiery death. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it was really funny. It, Will Poulter's sight gags and lines are like really funny. He's like, one time he says, I'll be back. She's going to show me. And that's actually all the context you need. He just says, I'll be back. She's going to show me. And he just like, impl- like they're going to ha- go have sex. He's like, <laughs> instead of like coming up with an actual excuse, he just says, she's going to show me, which I, I'm butchering the delivery and whatever. It's funny. Watch the movie. Anyways. It's um, dark. It's dark. The comedy is very dark. Yeah. But he's funny in it so much geometry in this in this movie so many shapes so many slanted angles when you first walk into the village there's a house that's just on a that's just sloped left to right like it's just sloped downhill like left to right and it's like oh this guy watched Nosferatu and uh wanted to he wanted to do that so that was pretty cool I liked seeing that yeah, this film is so worth going back to for the filmmaking of it. It's just, mm. it's it's pretty mind blowing, honestly. Do you have anything to say? Anything to say about that? Yeah, I mean the, the performances are great. Some great young actors, William Jackson Harper. Who, yeah, great um, character. From he's from the Good Place. He did all the uh-huh. seasons of the Good Place. He's really good. Um, Will Poulter also in that episode of The Bear this season two he played a really good. One, one episode role um it, yeah it was just i don't know the cult aspect of this just kind of shook me up it, it was it was built to freak me out frankly so I, I can't i don't know that i can appreciate geometry and angles and the shit that you learn in film, film school when the overriding factor is they're just fucking with my head every scene so um i i think i just can't look past that um and i'm not the only one i i, I read that you know, this kind of messed people up in the making of it too. Yes. So I'm, I'm not the wuss here. Uh, the, the only wuss, let me say. Um, one of the things they do in the movie that I read about, which was interesting, is the, uh, the Harga, H-A-R-G-A. I guess they're the, it's the region of Sweden. Yeah. I don't know. It's, but, I think it's the people. They call themselves the Harga. Okay. That they, there's some scenes in this movie where they just speak and you get, no subtitles and uh-huh. it's that's deliberate it's in order it's to create like some uncomfort and 
you know, you're not to hear what they're saying. It's like, what are they saying? I don't know. No one knows. The characters don't know. The English characters don't know. And guess what? We don't know either. So yeah. it, it makes us feel isolated. It makes us feel like, um, you know, unclear about what's going on, what's happening, what's happening next. So it is intentional to make you feel just discomfort. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I'm like, I don't know. There's a, there's funny little personal anecdote. Uh, I've mentioned Black Mirror before. I recommended an episode of Black Mirror to my son uh, that I thought was great. And um, it effed him up pretty badly too. And he's, he will never take another Black Mirror recommendation from me because it was on this, the scale of like, uh, of, you know, like just disturbing TV. And this is, this is over the top for me. So I, I wish I could take it back. Uh, I liked it. I think I rated, I gave it a good rating, but then I, I quickly exited the, the tab and moved on to something else. Yeah, this film is a yeah. You you want to you want to quickly move on. Uh, let's see what you you rated it. Well, you rated it three stars. Three. Okay. Now to me that is a little bit low, but we're not. That's fine. That's neither here nor there. This Take isn't it. your kind of movie. Yep. I'll move on from it. You know, <laughs> I, if I were in your position, I would find three stars to be generous. So. <laughs> let's let's circle back a little bit to the onset stuff there is a little bit of controversy with this movie um a lot i think i'm reading an instagram post from florence Pugh from 2021 where uh they talk about this crying scene essentially with without spoiling anything florence Pugh has a mental breakdown after seeing something she shouldn't and but also like that would seriously that would cause her to have a serious mental breakdown and the Hargan women are with her and what ends up happening is Florence Pugh is having a mental breakdown and the Hargan women are joining in and mimicking her emotions. So you can imagine not only is she having a not only is she breaking down over what she has just seen, but now she's in this environment that is isolated and surrounded by women who are mimicking her emotions, the same volume, pitch, uh, cadence, all of it. So you can imagine that is also overstimulating and really off-putting. And so they talked about, she talked about in this Instagram post, how um, Ari Aster laid out what they needed to do. The Hargan women um, would like mirror her emotions. Um, Everyone apparently on the set that day like knew they were going for an emotion that was really quite scary and hard to like accomplish um she says after they called cut which was a little bit long which was a lot longer she says the first take being so long uh much longer than is displayed in the film uh when ari said cut we all clung onto each other's arms and dug our nails into each other's palms and wept (laughs) <laughs> so uh, take that as you will uh, I'll take that as this is an extremely emotional scene and is very draining especially for someone like Florence Pugh who's, who later in the post says she's she's never been an actor that found it easy to cry on camera so going to this depth of physical emotion, physical display of emotion is uh, something already challenging for her and then to have it mirrored back at her must be 
very overwhelming as an actor. But she did it, and the women around her did it with her. And the picture she posts this message with is a little bit like, it's a little bit like, it's, it looks together. It, the post, there are some headlines that say like, she abused herself on this set. And I can understand where that headline is coming from, but also uh, Pew remarks that um, the her and the other women in this scene found it like, very not not it didn't bring them together but they were in it together they were up for the challenge and they were going to like support each other during and after Mm -hmm. shooting the scenes so that's my take on the controversy i don't i there are movies with way more controversy but that we i think we should have i think we should address this this is an extremely excruciating role for someone to take on yeah and she did it Hats off to her. I I hope I don't think she won the Oscar that year, but I think she's an Oscar nominee. Yeah, you can't you can't act in this movie without being impacted by it for sure. Um, it's just it's too much. So um, yeah, I, I did also read that she um, she had uh, some remorse about sort of going from this the shooting of this movie to the next movie and she felt like she left this character in this sort of unstable and, and vulnerable state. And, yes. and like she was so invested in that character, which maybe Hollywood speak for I'm like method or partially method, but regardless, you, you, you can't help but watch this movie and think that uh, it was affecting. So um, yeah, just, yeah. It, I, if it you sounds like, like if, if you like, not method, I'd say if you like horror, if you like, sort of disturbing cinema. I don't know who that is. Obviously it's you, you weirdo, but if, if that's <laughs> the kind of thing, my peers. If, you, if that's what you like, then it is, it, it does stress the senses. I mean, it's, it's like a lot and it's, there's nothing that makes you feel good about this movie. It's just, it's kind of funny in the way it takes you down this, this rabbit hole. Uh, but once you get into the rabbit hole, you're like, you're fucked. So I would, if you like that kind of thing, then have at it. But uh, it won't be getting a rewatch from me. The other thing is, okay, so you would not recommend it. Um, I would recommend it to just the weird. To that demographic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. There is a possibility, maybe not on your first watch, but there is a possibility, maybe on the second or third watch, to step back from the content of the movie and uh, admire the, in my opinion, objectively risk-taking and great filmmaking that is happening. Every aspect of it. The lighting. Uh, so the people in this village wear white. And on camera, an all-white outfit reflects a lot of light. So they're almost glowing. And they're also reflecting a lot of light onto other people. And those other people are wearing white, which means this light is just being bounced around and everything around them is glowing. So visually, that's quite interesting to see. And also, it's a little bit symbolic. You know, you can, every aspect of this film, every aspect of filmmaking is kind of analyzed and is utilized 
to make this film and to uh, to really hit home the emotions. Mm-hmm. And obviously the emotions that they're trying to hit home with is like scare you to death and freak you the fuck out. Mm-hmm. But they use a lot of different aspects of filmmaking creatively and quite originally, in my opinion, or at least paying homage to some of the greats that did it before them. So if you like horror, if you like extremely dark humor or movies that will fuck you up mentally, and if you like great filmmaking, watch this movie. If not... Yeah, I mean, you just you just laid out a Venn diagram right there. Yeah, you got to fall in the intersection. <laughs> you do. You got to fall in at least two of the intersection. Yeah, at least, like intersection beware, between two. Beware of the third and fourth because <laughs> it'll fuck you up. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it is. It again is. It's probably the top of the list for me in terms of disturbing movies. Yeah, um, it's right up there. So if that's your thing, then have at it. Just do not uh, invite me to the showing. Yeah, to keep this, to put this in a little bit of perspective, Florence Pugh was like 23 when this oh movie God. came out, oh and maybe God. like 22 when it was filmed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's me in three years. That's nuts. Yeah, so she did a really, really good job. Yeah, put herself through a lot, and then yeah, when she went like she went for, right from this set, like pretty much no break, right to Little Women, and mm. she was like. Very emotional about the different styles of filmmaking that mm-hmm. uh, she she transitioned into because clearly one role fucked her up mentally, mm-hmm. and then the other one was like, you know, why don't you just calm down a little bit and uh, take a deep breath? Mm-hmm. And that that must have been that must have been quite nice and a little bit of a reprieve that she well deserved, well deserved reprieve. So, uh, any you, final what thoughts? You, what's your uh, yeah. So that's the thing. I'm thinking four and a half stars. There you go. Quite possibly wow, five. You. You Quite possibly individual. five. You see, I just I relate to it on some level. That's fine. That's fine. We don't uh you know, chocolate manila, whatever. Different <laughs> strokes. So uh let's yeah. um let's call it uh a group and uh No shame in your see. game though, Eric. A lot of good movies out there. A lot of good movies <laughs> out like this. Plenty of movies to see. Uh, I will not be re- rewatching this one. <laughs> so many movies that, that I haven't seen that, but I might rewatch this movie. So, gets a recommendation from me. Not quite from Eric, but you got to fit the specific guidelines. Just warning you. All right. Any last thoughts, or is that it? Oh no, that's it. No, that's it. All right. On. That was midsummer. Uh, we're gonna take a short break. Tune in for jury duty and we're back with jury duty so we're back to normal in this format i watched the first two episodes of an eight episode season and eric has seen the whole show so this show is about a kind of strange topic it follows the workings of an american jury trial through the eyes of ronald gladden a juror who is uh, unaware that the entire case is fake. Everyone except him is an actor, and everything that happens is carefully planned. So, the concept can be a little bit jarring. For me, only watching two episodes, I have a lot of notes on the concept. The, I just have a lot of notes about this, about this show. Mm. So, 
my first note that I wrote is these jokes are not landing. I was maybe I'm not the target audience. I but I think I can enjoy a good comedy. I did not find this very funny. Mm. There are a few main characters. Um, obviously Ronald Gladden as the one act one non actor in this jury full of actors. The other main character in the first two episodes for me is James Marsden, who plays himself, James Marsden, the movie star. And a lot of the interactions between Ronald with Ronald is with James in the first few episodes. And I did not find him funny at all. Didn't find James funny? No. So Mm. he's the kind of guy that he's in on the joke. Okay. Like we all get it. James Marsden is playing James Marsden and he's making fun of his career. But to me, I I did not find that entertaining. I was like, Oh, okay. I got, I got that. You're making fun of your own career. That's great. Practice a little bit of humility. You could all use it in LA, but I I didn't care for it. I, I just didn't find it funny. This, this is a comedy, by the way, I'm not just pointing fun at a drama. It's really supposed to be funny. These jokes are supposed to land. These characters are supposed to be witty and funny and zany. But frankly, I'm not impressed. Well, Marston is obviously he's 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 acting like he is stuck in this jury, and he's trying to be an over the top version of himself, a character of himself. So we see that we we know that he's going for that, and Ronald is like. This is just a crazy Hollywood elite who's being goofy and, uh, you know, a prima donna actor. And he's stuck in jury duty with me. But this is the way actors are because they don't want to be here. Uh, although I'm trying to do my civic duty. He's being he's being uh, obstinate. So it, it, there is a cringe nature to it, for sure. Um, I I bought into it. I bought into Marsden being over the top and just sort of accepted it. Um I, I was just sort of investing myself in the twists and turns that things take based on Ronald's reaction to things. And then frankly, all the actors having to react to Ronald, the, the, the unknowing one in this whole bit, um, and then adjust as they go. There's a bit there. There's certainly a bit of improv here. Do you like improv? So here's the thing. I don't quite notice when it's improv. The whole fucking thing is improv. I mean, this like, whole show is like Ronald says things and then, yes, there's a structure to where they want to take him and the and the trial, but they got to roll with the punches, too. So there's a bit of, you know, there's a bit of that going on. I think you get more of that as the series goes on. And, and frankly, you know, they put obviously they put this jury through things that other juries don't go through. Uh-huh. for the purpose of like an extreme example of how are people in this situation going to react. And then you've got players around Ronald who are doing goofy shit and being like over the top versions of what would normally be jurists and lawyers and defendants and plaintiffs. So, and judges for that matter. So I would, I would say from someone that's seen all, all eight episodes that it, it it is a th- it is a ride. Um, if you can s- obviously suspend a lot of disbelief, um, you're like 
act like Ronald in this. Things are happening around him and things are happening to him and he's reacting to them. But I can tell you that seven and eight, episode seven and eight, that it absolutely pays off. I, mm. I can tell you that it doesn't end with a whimper like, oh, guess what? It was all a fucking farce, you know, and, and wasn't this funny that it is it is tied into a bow that is is better than I expected. Let me just so that, that was my that was not my big note, but that was the thing I ended on. I was like, what is the point? What could this possibly be building to? How mm-hmm. is this all going to pay off? Because right now, uh, okay, it's not that much of an investment of my time. You know, each episode's about 20-ish minutes, a little bit longer. If I watched all the episodes, I would not feel like I wasted my time. Right. But this better pay off because if this <laughs> – the core conflict is so self-referential. But I felt like – the acting and the lines were not self-referential. So I really didn't get what they were getting after. And another big note I had was the writing. I was like, why is the writing bad? Mm. Well, it's real world. I mean, if you, if you think about it, like, but it's not, they're all actors, but these are things that might be said in a trial. Uh, I feel like, I have no idea what kind of trial. Look, when when you're in it, when you're witnessing like a real trial on court TV or whatever. A, or a what? S- a real trial on court TV? Yeah, court TV, like where they have like they Judge have, Judy. No, no, court TV. Like they used to have real trials that they show on court TV. Like okay, live trials. My only reference for that is OJ. Okay, well, there's 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 been more than one trial in the world, Benjamin, and uh, well, that's, was... that's the one I know that was on TV. Well, that was a real trial, was it not? Right? Yes. So, so I didn't, stu- stupid shit gets said. Didn't hear a lot of. Didn't hear a lot of this banter. Stupid, stupid stuff gets said at trials, and and people react to it, and that's what this is. The, this the things that are said are much stupider in this world because they're trying to get comedic reactions out of people, and it, it's it's all about how humans react to this kind of thing. You put a you put a real guy into a a crazy comedic you know, false situation and see what happens. And that's the concept. That's it. And, and then they constantly throw curveballs at everybody and let's see how think how people react. Um, and let's just say everything gets tied up nicely. And, and I, I would say it's, it's really worth it. Um, Marsden in fact was, I mean, it's getting some accolades, right? Marsden was, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in, com- yeah, in a Comedy. He's, the, he's uh, nominated for an Emmy. The show was nominated for uh, for Best Comedy, or like a, what do they call it? A, um, a reality show, whatever the, the category is for but this. But this is not a reality show. Well, Wait, are you telling me, are you telling me that the guy is actually, actually believes that this thing is being filmed? Oh, yeah. So let me clear that up. And they tell you that right up front. And you may not have picked that up. In Outstanding Comedy Series, by the way, it was nominated for a primetime Emmy. So, yes. So um, he, he believes that he is in a jury that is also being filmed for the purpose of, like, a documentary. Like, hey, uh-huh. Ronald, we are, we are going to be filming this trial and you are going to be interviewed as if you're in a reality show. Because we would like to show a day in the life of a juror and jurist in a real trial. So that's why he believes and he's, he sees cameras all around. Because he, some of the cameras are hidden. 
But some uh-huh. of them, when they're interviewing Ronald, are, hey, Ronald, how was this day at the trial? What did you think about the defendant? Yeah. And- so, okay, I'd just like to clear up where I'm at now. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. Because to me, I was looking all over the IMDb for this guy's act, for the actor that played Ronald Gladden. Yeah. Because to me, it's like there's no, no one who would is, sign up. Ronald for that. is fresh off the street. He Ronald a, is a real person. He got a notice to come to jury duty, and they had him sign something early that said, "Hey, we've got a documentary team that's going to be doing uh, some filming of this trial, and we may ask you some things during the trial." So that's why he believe. That's why he knows that at the end of the day, people are going to be interviewing him, and he's going to be giving his reactions to the fucked up stuff that just happened during that day which is super fucked up because they, they scripted it that way to kind of mark him. So, yeah. Okay, that's... so this adds final. Okay, thank you. Because this yes. adds an actual layer of reality and why this show is a little bit janky at times. Because to me, I was like, how on earth did this script get through? Like, this script sucks. Why is it so janky? There's some audio that stinks. There's some, like, hidden cameras, like, I know it says 11 actors, 12 jurors, but this guy is an actor. This guy, Ronald Gladden, is an actor. He is but not. He's an, not. He is, he is not, not an actor. actor. He is a schmo, right, who got it, told, was told to come to jury duty, right. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a key element. That clarifies sure. a lot. Thank you. Okay. Because I would, I would say, like, I had a – my favorite character here is um, is Edie uh, – Edie Modica. That's my um. That's my character. She is. She is uh Jeannie Ar- Arbuzzo. Uh, that's the character's name. The actress is Edie Modica. She's hilarious, and I'm thinking, why are people not giving her lines? Like, oh, why does she yeah. not have lines? She's outstanding. Yeah, she's yeah. incredible. Yeah. She's to me, she was the only funny person because I didn't understand the concept <laughs> of the show. So I was like, she's the only funny person here. Can we please put the camera on her? So. You do get a lot more of her. So that, okay, I'm good. glad because she was yeah. by far the best character. Yeah. Um, I was okay. So that adds a level. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I did not know that this had any reality to it because I thought this was that was like kind of illegal. I didn't think they could actually do that with a person. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know how they got him to sign the right things, but they can legally use his image every time. Like, there is no problem with using his image, and the entire scenario is scripted. So. Yeah. Or controlled, at least. Yeah, it, what I thought was a little bit of a high wire act here was that some of these actors I have seen in other things. So mm. I, I was thinking if this dude is, you know, in L.A., he's going to have seen some of these pieces and, and actors and other things. But um, it, it, get pa- it gets past him. So um, it, it's, it's great. I would, I, it is an easy watch. I watched it with my wife. Uh, we both loved it. And like I said, it, it really pays off. So if it ended at episode seven, I would have said it was fine. It was good. Um, eight is uh, perfect. It really just wraps it up nicely. So I, I'd say to definitely continue. Yeah, the best episodes are seven and eight. So, okay. Well, you by the tone of my voice, you heard that I was not about to recommend this show. I was not. You know, ready. it's funny. My Zach um, and his wife Kelsey. I think they had a similar situation where, like, halfway through the season, they're like, "Wait, wait a second. I don't think Ronald knows he's in this. Th- I, I think Ronald's a, a real dude. You know, they just thought it. Yeah. They had a similar sort of confusion about this. So, I think they probably the conceit of this was not 
communicated very well. No, because no, it's not. A lot of people I know missed it. It's not communicated well at all. To me, it's like everyone here is an actor. They're playing actors, which, I mean, obviously has happened before. Actors play actors. So, yeah, this was... Okay, well, this is why we do this show. So that when you watch, you don't have to be the boneheaded idiot who says, is this guy Ronald real? This writing is bad. Why is everything improvised? Every, everything sounds improvised. So you don't have to be this kind of bonehead. You can listen to this podcast and say, wow, thank you, Ben, for biting the bullet and embarrassing yourself on your own podcast and now i'll watch jury duty because i'm gonna continue to watch jury duty i'd like to see where this goes the payoff is big apparently so i'm excited to get to the end um i hope i see more of uh Edie. what's her last name monica uh and yeah i'm recommending this i'm recommending this show yeah good. it's really well done um, it's the, the cam work is great. Like I said, a bunch of the, the cameras are hidden that Ronald doesn't see so they can film him doing stuff that's, you know, with other jurors that are more private. Um, and then there's the stuff where they kind of do like a big brother style end of the day. Hey, what did you think about today's proceedings? Uh-huh. Yeah, that he, was really strange when I didn't think he was a person. Yeah, where he knows he's being he's being filmed. Yeah, I was like, why don't you just put a good camera in front of him? Like, you don't have to do this with a shitty camera. But anyways. I, I did read that... Um, this year, uh, just a couple months ago, he got a real-world jury summons from San, Di- San Diego. And yeah. he's got to be thinking, oh, you got to be kidding me. I'm doing this again, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, that'll fuck with you. Yeah. Well, yeah, this cast of characters, you know, I wish they had more opportunities. I think the actors are better than maybe the roles they're playing. Um, because it seems like everyone with the opportunities they have are doing what they can, but they're not giving they're not being given all the opportunities they could be with a script because they're doing this like live real they're fucking with a person who's mm-hmm. real um so yeah. i'd like to see people really shine i think that the cast is talented enough to do this because they're clearly they're doing it for two episodes so i'd they say can, if, they if you like if if you have any interest in improv this is a great series and and i i'm not a huge fan of improv but um, I, I kind of like it, and and this this really is. Do you watch more. Curb? Yeah, I do watch Curb, and the, the cringiness of it, I'm, I'm not, I don't love, but that's more scripted than this. Um, well, that's so. like Larry David putting himself the comical, the um, the farcical Larry David putting himself yeah. in these terrible situations that are quite awkward. Um, so there's, there's yeah, definitely like, an improv uh, slant to this for sure. So that you, kind of show I really dig. So this kind of show I could really dig. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Okay, I'm going to continue watching this. There you go. Another. I another never happy thought. Customer. I never thought I would leave this episode saying I would watch Jury Duty. <laughs> I was completely convinced this was a terrible show. The people who wrote it can't write, and uh, frankly, I didn't like the performances. But given the situation, I think they're not only doing all they can, but they're actually doing pretty well getting off lines because I thought this was like, Oh, this is a mediocre sitcom, not worth watching. But honestly, if most sitcom actors tried to do this, they probably couldn't. So hats off to the actors. I hope this guy Ronald is keeps being entertaining. So I'm going to keep watching. Good. I will read you one thing from IMDb just to give you a sense for this. Um, the documentary facade that they put around Ronald, he, he, he only saw three camera people 
a producer and a couple sound people. That's all he knew was milling around the set, quote unquote, which is uh -huh. this fake courthouse that he went to every day. And, and, um, but the, the entire production had over a hundred people in it, like, yeah. you know, behind walls and shit. So it really was quite a production and set up oh, yeah. to, to, to stand him. <laughs> yeah. Kirk Fox is instantly recognizable to me. Kirk Fox is, uh, is in this, he, he is a, character actor appears in some sitcoms yep. um other tv shows very very funny he's also a stand-up comedian he was uh he was on tour with tom segura at one point now the you just wouldn't know tom segura it's fine eric more comedians i know i get it yeah big time big time he just finishes like 200 day tour uh, world tour so anyways Turk fox very funny guy it, very recognizable to me. I know. I, I noticed him um, right away. Yeah, but Ronald didn't. Which so. is why I was like, oh, this is a r real actor's... Everyone here is an actor because how could you not... Like, you got to recognize Kirk Fox, I guess. I mean, maybe the guy has nothing to do... They're like, they found someone who has absolutely nothing to do with the in Hollywood industry in LA, and they were like, okay, let's, let's fuck with this guy. Yeah. So I'm going to continue watching this. Good. I'll keep you guys updated on what I think about it, maybe in future episodes. So, Eric, any final thoughts? It's on Freevee, the Amazon free service, um, which I think through Amazon Prime and bounce right over to the Freevee app. Um, so you don't even have to be a Prime member to watch this. I don't think it's on the free yeah. one. Um, so. Shout out to Brad Wexler. That's your friend. That's just being clear. This is your, your friend, Brad, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Brad, thank you for reaching out on our Q&A a day ago uh, and saying, could you please let us know what streaming service to watch the shows you were reviewing on? From now on, we will try to, at the very least, include the streaming services that we watch these shows or movies on in the description. So Eric just mentioned you can watch Jury Duty on Freebie. You can stream Midsummer on Paramount Plus, was it, on Showtime? Uh, those were a couple. Yeah, I sent you a text. Those were a couple. So uh, Paramount uh, Plus, I'll, Showtime. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so I'll put those in the description too. But thank you, Brad, for reaching out. You were the first person to reach out. So big shout out to Brad Wexler. Shout out everything, man. All right. Eric, this was a great time. Uh, love recording with you. Good time. Great man. movie. Great TV show. Love movies and TV. This is great. Right. Until next time. All right. Bye. See ya.